Brigham and five goals, and freshman Benson Grandy adding six points as well. They finished up the week with a 4-1 win on Tuesday night over Fargo Davies. Nolan Astrup had 24 saves in net for the Fargo North Spartans. Congratulations out to the Fargo North boys hockey team. This week's Fans Finest presented by Cass Clay Creameries. Here is your regional weather forecast. Overnight, partly cloudy down to about 2, then steady or slowly rising. Variable winds will turn southeast at 4 to 12. On Thursday, partly sunny, windy, high 32. Southeast wind at 15 to 32. And then for Friday, mostly cloudy, windy areas of light snow will be moving on in, especially during the afternoon. Low 20, high 24, then steady or slowly falling. Temp cold Saturday, partly sunny, breezy in the morning. High near 11. On AM 740, the fan of urologist, Tom Shemansky. When I was your age, my dad shared a beer with me, and I thought it was not the best thing in the world. Let's get social. That's not right. Check out The Fan on Facebook and Twitter. We are AM740 The Fan. KNFL Fargo. Thanks. I needed that. It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. Justin McKay, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des in the middle. to the box again and Iranian player looking for a penalty and the game is over exhale America you're on to the knockout rounds Top high on the right for Russ. 45 to go first half. Free from line to catch and shoot for Hallie Crockett. It's good. They're just so supportive of everything that the boys do. And, um, you know, it's just a really good town. And uh, they're proud of us. And, um, you know, we've talked that, you know, it is our time. And the focus that they've shown here the last, well, the entire year, but they have really been dialed in, in here the past two weeks. And uh, prep alone has been fantastic. Elbow shot, no good. Hallie Crockett grabs the rebound. Long feed down floor, leaking out down floor. Hayden Crockett and lays it in for two more. 13 for Hayden Crockett. Assist to her big sister, Hallie. 33-18. All of a sudden, lead back to 15 for Northern Cavs. It's a respectable team. Their, their defense is really good. You know, their offense um, has a lot of weapons. And so, um, you know, we've got to, defensively, you know, we've got to be our best. I think we got to take it more serious. It's tough right now. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to. But um, I just think we, we just got to take it more serious. And, you know, I, I think we will. You know, we just have a lot of mental lapses. You know, we just got to get that figured out. Oh, he's just yakking on a bone. He got it up. He 
star right now. Someone wasn't having lunch at that <laughs> moment to just kick off the Jack Michaels show. Happy Wednesday Ugh. to you. I don't care who you are. First of all, Lindsey Buckingham's song, it, it, I was telling Brad and Eric and I were chatting, going, how is that not the most recognizable song attached to a movie? I mean, Kenny Loggins, yes. To any, yeah, well, you know, yeah. We always got to go with sans Kenny Loggins, right? Right. You know, because he's, <laughs> I mean, because it's there, then you, you got to, so anything that's not Kenny Loggins right. involved. Did Kenny what, ever, did he ever write, <laughs> did he ever write anything like just for song or was it like someone had a movie and said, Kenny, we need a song well, for this movie? Well, that song that he had with, uh, Steve Perry, I don't think, was for any movie, right? I don't no, I don't believe so. But yeah, he's kind of discography. Yeah, I mean, between Caddyshack, Top Gun, and <laughs> Footloose, Footloose, it's he's pretty much got the uh, trifecta. Kenny, of, Kenny makes and over the top. He has over the top was enough. Meet me halfway yeah. across the sky. Kenny Loggins was to music for movies as Barry Manilow was for commercial jingles back in the day. Yeah. Remember that? Yes, you deserve a break today Barry at McDonald's. Was, I think Manilow, I think, wrote every commercial he jingle of, of the well, He and John Tesh. Right. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah, this, oh. this is it. That wasn't from a movie, is it? That could be. 1979? That might have been his non-movie hit. Yeah. You have to look deeper bank. on that. He made some big, but well, but I would think so. Lindsey Buckingham Holiday wrote his. The song's probably like two minutes long, and there's uh, there maybe thirteen words in it. See, when I fl- with dogs barking at the end, mind you. When I saw Fleetwood Mac you know, a few years ago, he wasn't there, so we didn't get to hear that. You know, but, that's right. That's right. That was they, good. They left him out of uh, Fleetwood Mac at that point. It's it still is, a very uh, good show. He and Stevie uh, have a relationship. They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I right. Mean, <laughs> Well, she wrote a song that pretty much dissed him, and he had to sing it. So that's, you can't get any oh, better so than that. <laughs> hey, now. And they were singing it on stage together. So there's, yes, were. Yes. so there's that. There was the professional relationship. Boy, is yeah. that awkward? Is that the definition of awkward? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it gets more awkwarder than that, yes. Is Sonny and Cher singing when they were still not together? Um, They probably did for money. I don't I know. I think they did, There was yes. a lot of, see, with Fleetwood Mac, there's a lot of, like, interrelations. So they had there a lot of the yeah. soap operas. With the, yeah, yeah, there, was, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff wow. Oh. I'm sure alcohol and drugs had nothing to do nope, with that. Not, not at all. Not they in the were 70s. All living the clean Early. life. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is a, a peak of the week Wednesday. Busy show. My man Paul Rawl. You know, uh, I, Paul's my go-to a lot for for things. But he's a soccer genius. Just a soccer savant in some is that right? cases. Yes, at least. And Paul, if you're tuning in right now from Ames, Iowa, going, well, wait a minute. Don't don't hold me up too much. Yeah. But Paul's kind of my soccer. Everybody has maybe the go-to person for a certain topic. Paul's kind of my soccer go-to on that. Uh, USA won, so we had the whole thing about talking about Iran and how big that was, and there were watch parties locally in the metro yes. I saw. Did you see like that? one in the afternoon <laughs> right? on a Tuesday. How many pints hey, can you them. have? At, uh, <laughs> yeah, good for them. More well, if you have extra time, you can squeeze in one more. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, yeah, I was talking to Brad about this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk in hockey worlds about, you know, should they ever eliminate the blue line because they make it a faster game, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, because, right. and the, you know, you talk to Travis Dunn or the people from the Great White North, they'd say, are you nuts? That's you great, know? yeah. But I do think it would make the game crazy and a little bit more fun, well, right? they got rid of the two-line pass, right? In like right, the mid-90s. Oh, yeah, and and I can tell you, my that. friends from Canada that I went to college with, mm-hmm. they hated that idea. Yeah. It, the world is... We're still spinning on we it. We continue the, to the game advance. of hockey is still, yes. yeah. But soccer, off. they gotta, they gotta do it. I'm sorry, <laughs> they just have to. The outside, because 
I'm glad that people are into it. They're watching the World Cup. They're cheering for America. And I, I had on my phone a little bit yesterday when I was out at Mindeck Trust Market. Trust me, it was it's a it's. A, but I I don't get it. Got I mean, a question today I, I today mean, on on our uh, text club at thirty five two seventy coming up, and I have ran it past the Brain Trust back there with Michael Jordan Bennett and Greg the Singlet Wrestler and Cerebral Carl, who are waiting for this question, and and we'll get it out there in a second. But to your point about soccer, I think you know. Remember when you first heard soccer's the most popular sport in the world, and you because you were all testosterone in America, you went, "Oh, is it football?" Is. Then you realize, oh, but in the world, in the world, yeah, yeah, it is correct. Uh, and then it's it certainly has caught on, obviously, in the, in the U.S. And, and and now more locally. I mean, I, by all means. So to your point about how do you make it, you know, first of all, it's, it's I, I got to be careful being a hypoc- little bit of hypocrisy here because my argument for baseball is. Well, we got to live one up. We got to short, you know, the American Association is going to pitch clock. We got to bring the right. pitches in. We got to lower the mound. We got to make it more. And my argument is always as a purist baseball is like, no, you don't. If you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, it's baseball. I love it. And you should love it too. You know, it's that kind of thing. So I, I don't know if I want to <laughs> jump on the soccer boat going because I'm sure there are purist soccer people that are saying, no, it isn't. It's just fine the way it is. Appreciate the fact that there's no goals, well, you know. And my thing on baseball is I think it's such a simple fix by just making sure that the strike zone is letters to knees. That, that would I mean, cure that, much. That, that would cure all. That would Tom Kelly has said it. But no, we got to put a stupid clock in and still right. have a small strike no, zone. You're right on that. That I mean, would that, cure that, a lot. It's because walk is the most boring play in sports. I mean, that's all there is to it. So. That would cure. Yeah, be consistent in your strike zone yeah, in, a, in, in where it is, right. and that would strikeouts are fascist. We need more ground balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah right. I mean, put the ball in play. I mean, I don't even mind strikeouts if you got a guy dealing. As long as he's not, you know, if he pitches like Mark Burley and not, you know, right. you know, a, right. I mean, a guy like Joe Nathan was, you know. This. I've had, you know, baseball, I've had more appreciation, you know, just calling it, you know, with Legion ball, high school ball. I mean, if you have a two-to-one game, the seven-inning game that goes an hour and a half and it's well played, yeah, that's great. That's fun yeah, to let's watch. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, yeah let's, absolutely. Yeah, Here, here's where I'll defend, you know, I – no, I'm going to be promoting quite a bit next week. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are coming to wrestle a week from Friday – up at the Shield at, Center. At, at, at that's, a, that's a pretty good get. I yeah. mean, you got a yes, it's a real good get. So you get you getting Roger Roger Kish's alma mater up there, and I will say this while I'm trying to promote this: it's not always the easiest sport to promote if you don't know what's going on. Right. And, and in college wrestling, when you got two good guys, unless you got a, a lot of good scrambles going, it's kind of hmm. Unless you appreciate kind of the balance and everything. How can that during, you what you see and you do PA yeah. four in the voice of over there, Derek, how do you translate that to someone who's not even on the fence but even on the other side going, how do you make them yeah, and, and, understand that? And I think Brad would agree because he comes from a wrestling town of mm-hmm. Lisbon. The and best as way, I do from Williston. The best way I think to really sell and try to get people interested in wrestling, believe it or not, is taking them to a good high school duel. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, there's yep. nothing better than that. A you tournament can be long. Yep. But if you get a top, you know, like, you know, what West Fargo and Bismarck in the day or oh, something. Trust me. It, it, where it's it, just intense and it right. comes down the last meet. I mean, the, uh, section championship in Minnesota. You've been to many of them, Brad. Mm-hmm. That will sell you much more if than you like see a it, college right. racing. I mean, it's, NBC in North Dakota, in, in, in when I was in high school, uh, they they televised like that would be a state tournament. They televised the duel between BHS and Williston statewide yeah. because of, of the popularity of that. And, and the demons came in, you know, with the the hoods and then the, you know the music and all yep. that. And and they were just the staple point then. West Fargo certainly Lisbon, you nailed it. Napoleon, come on, yeah, you know, there, there's it. But yeah, you're right. You got to expose it. Your answer, I think, Derek, is is it has to be exposed 
in in every medium possible. Yeah, I mean, you certainly want a situation where there's a few more. I mean, if there were six to five victories in the World Cup, more than one nothing, what we say, it should probably be a little bit more interesting. But it's there's a lot of kicking it back and forth. Captain America. <laughs> there's a lot of playing between the twenties. <laughs> Here's your, here's your, you know, we got a lot of of throw ins. Yeah. We don't get a lot of action in the red zone in soccer, from what I noticed. Uh, We We are coming to you. We need more corner kicks. That's what we need. Jack Michael Show coming to you from uh, Gunderson Jewelers Studio. OMG, oh my Gunderson's, make it easy to say I do. With a custom designed wedding ring, Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, Gunderson's.com. Each and every day on the Jack Michael Show, we give you a text club question today for all accepted answers. We're dishing out seven points. Seven points for all accepted answers today. You can text in at 35270. And uh, here's your question. Christian Pulisic, Captain America, scored that goal. And if you saw the goal scored uh, or listened to the goal being scored, however you took it in, you notice they scored the goal and then crashed you know, into the pipes you know, on the goal post there. And, 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 he, and, he, and, he's, and they had to do an abdominal scan. Ugh. Yeah, after the game at Hospital D. And, and Brad, you know, they came back that he had a, uh, a pelvic contusion. So the question of the day today, and I ran this past Michael Jordan Bennett and Greg the Singlet Wrestler and Cerebral Carl, is that what are other injuries? Because he said he can maybe play. Pelvic contusion. Yeah. What are injuries that sound really bad but aren't really bad? What are injuries that sound horrendously bad but aren't exactly as bad as you think? And on the other side, what are injuries that sound kind of benign, little not as bad, but kind of are? Well, that's turf toe is that. There's your ding, leader, ding, there's ding. Your yeah, leader that's, to the clubhouse, yeah, right? Ding, that's, ding. The, that's the answer. That's, that's the Seven points answer. out of the gate, Derek, right of that. So pelvic contusion sounds bad. Eh, it's a bruise in your pelvis, right? You know, you might have certainly some pain, but... If he's thinking he might be playable. So that's a question today. You came up with, and the back room did too, uh, plantar fasciitis. fasciitis. Yeah. Sounds bad. I think it is bad. It is oh, bad. Right. It sounds, it is right. bad. Maybe, that, maybe that doesn't even fit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that just sounds bad and it is bad. Um, injuries in sport, I guess, is maybe the question too. Turf toe doesn't sound too bad. Well, how about Very a finger painful. contusion? A finger contusion. Got a... Uh, you, Almost sounds like a severed appendage. Would be <laughs> as long as you don't... Here's one. I'll come up with one, too. Maybe I can get seven points. It has to pass the, the sniff test here. Hairline. She's playing with a hairline fracture. Uh, yeah. Well, fracture, anytime you bring that in, that doesn't sound good. Fracture sounds like how the bone's sticking out. Yeah. Right. But it's a hairline. Brad played the Which other night hurts. as Lisbon took down Winemere Lidgewood Hankinson. <laughs> Brad Anderson scored 40, and he played with a hairline, hairline fracture. fracture. Yep. <laughs> wow, that guy's Superman. Boy, that guy's tough. So that's the question. Brad that... and Derek just have hairline. <laughs> yeah. They just have hairline issues. Yes, they're playing, exactly. with, they're <laughs> playing with hairline recessions. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's your question today. 35270, as you can tell, it's uh, we're in that holiday road uh, mood today. Uh, by the way, the second half hour today, among other things, a little segment we like to call Bison Bites. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear from Nash Jensen, left guard, that offense, a great offensive line for NDSU. And uh, Brad also had a chance to sit down with Courtney Eubanks, a cornerback uh, for the Bison. So it's our Bison Bites coming up in the uh, second half. Half hour. As far as soccer goes, now you're in the knockout round, right? And they'll take on the Netherlands. Yeah, the uh, Saturday. This Saturday morning, I guess. A chance to reach the uh, quarterfinals for the first time 
since 2002. So there's your there's your soccer. College football, Ohio State is five and second to last. College football playoff rankings behind USC. Uh, those come out. So they're pulling for Utah and Chris Kleiman, essentially, right? There so. you go, right? Yeah. Yep. That is uh, that is that we're angling. And I guess other Big Ten teams, and once you say this, Brad, other Big Ten teams are pulling for Michigan to win. Yep. And Ohio State maybe to sneak in there, and then you just kind of everyone goes up a notch as far as decent bowls, wouldn't you say? And that's usually how it works. I, mean, I would think so because you get two teams in the playoff. Then Georgia and so, Michigan are in, regardless. I yep. imagine. I, I, I would think so. So if K State beats TCU, who gets in? Uh, well, Alabama. I don't think Boy, Alabama. Don't think Alabama. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think if Utah and I don't know if there's if, a if scenario if Utah that Utah and K State win. Yeah, maybe you're right. I just, I just, I in the back of my mind, kind of think, boy, if they, if there's a, if How there's does a TCU slot, lose, you know, I yeah, mean, if that, there's a slot to put them in, that they'll find that's a way. Gross. The uh, yeah, the the Tide fans and certainly you know Alabama's the New York Yankees of college football, or you know, or at least one of them, right? Uh, Hey, will this make a case to maybe expand those playoffs a little bit more? Well, they want to do that anyway, and that's you know, the other thing. You know. Today we find out what the Rose Bowl is trying to hold everything hostage. That's right, right? that's today. And so that's an interesting thing. And I, I really think what they should just have a meeting. And we were talking about this off the air the other day. If the Rose Bowl, why not just have the Rose Bowl four o'clock Central start like they won't always want? Right? Is that good? that's that's yeah. the whole deal? And just take. The, you know, the teams from the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the top team from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that don't make the college football playoff, because every year and they get huge ratings. Big ratings. They get a sold-out. It's an out. event. Yeah, it's an event. It's tradition that way. When we had USC and Penn State, I think, outdrew the, uh, I, I want to say, the actual college football playoff semifinals that year as far as viewership. It's The pageantry, it, the Pasadena, you know. It's and I know a lot of people. Yeah. I know it was certainly because they haven't been there in my lifetime, but I know a lot of people who wear maroon and gold that rather go to the Rose Bowl in the college football semifinal. I kid you not. I don't think Ohio State, Michigan fans would say that, but if not, you'd have other schools if they couldn't make the college football semifinal say, "Ah, we didn't make that, but God, we get to go to Pasadena." And I really think <laughs> right? that's a lot of the Big Ten mentality. Not every school, but right. I think I would the say the Rose Bowl is. I think sixty percent of the schools would be very happy going to Pasadena if they yep. couldn't make it in the fo- college football playoff. I that, really believe yep, that. That's right. You'd be able to you're stuck in the cheese it bowl or whatever else that well, the, some of those other, other teams are going on. But, the, but that is the uh, that is uh, in, a, in a it's what, a different what's, animal. What's the analogy? I'll, I'll make a local analogy on that, D, and I know we'll break and get Paul on on that. Uh, I'm going to go to slow pitch softball in the state of North Dakota, and and anybody and how many people, hundreds of thousands of people that play softball in this country, if winning a state softball tournament is good, winning the McQuaid tournament. Far exceeds yeah. winning a state. Some so, to your point about like the Rose that. Bowl versus just the, you know that kind of thing. Well, I think you would agree. You know, following wrestling, there are some wrestling tournaments regionally, maybe even nationally, that are like that. Where, yeah, you win the state title, but you know, you win a huge wrestling tournaments where all classes are involved. Right. If you won this like open the, in, like, there's a Christmas tournament down in the cities. I think that's a really big one that features all three classes. So sometimes you'll see a state champion face a state champion at different classes. And so yeah. I think if that's the equivalent, that's kind of what you're talking about and, and there. You're right. And, and the question that... that and so would, that, I think that's what the Rose Bowl is. But yeah. I would dovetail on that, is that a good thing? 
Is well, it anything? Well, it keeps the other bowls relevant, knowing that there's some importance there. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's a diminished a, a there's championship a food chain you know? of bowls. And that's kind of the problem right now, and that's why you got so many kids not playing. We're going to get ready for the draft, and right. I mean, there's right. just a lot of things. How many that, opted out last year? A lot. And then if not, I mean, we we saw a little bit of the transfer portal when the FCS playoffs started. What's it going to be like Monday? You know, with some of the, there's already been a pretty good influx now, but when you get the top schools going, yeah. Oh. A lot of QBs in that portal, too, if you don't have sat in recent couple of days. I have. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a QB, they're out there in that free agent market, if you will. Let's call it what it is. I know they're student athletes, but it sounds like a free agent market. Quick timeout. We'll come back. Paul Rawl joining us from Ames, Iowa, coming up around the corner. Buys and Bites, Nash Jensen, Courtney Eubanks. Also, you'll hear from them in the second half hour. Busy show uh, with or without hairline fractures. Uh, injuries <laughs> sound bad, but hard. Uh, we'll talk a quick time out back with more on 740 The Fan. Oh, tonight she's going to tip off, and uh, that, that magic of basketball tonight. We'll see if North Dakota can keep on uh, keep it on playing. There's a lot of teams in our region that are playing some really good basketball. The UND men, if they're a stock, they're, they're on a nice upswing. Obviously, NDSU women are ranked 19 in the mid-major. They're 6-0 and got a date with Eastern Michigan. Uh, UND women will play them on Sunday. The MSUM Dragon, I think the Dragons are playing some good ball coming off uh, Peyton Boom. The, yeah. there's your, there you Hell go, Derek. Yeah, Peyton my, Boom. My, my old neighbor was the the, uh, player of the week. Player of the week in yeah. the NSIC. And the girl, Peyton. Yeah. Cobber ladies are jumped out and, and undefeated yeah. in their right. They are. My, little co- you know, my uh, young cousin's playing for them, too. You were, you live by the booms. Yes. Goes the dynamite. How many times has she heard that probably in her life? Well, a, a few times uh, Paul- between her and her sister. <laughs> Paul, Rawls, Paul, we'll all give you like uh, free pretzels if you use Boom Goes the Dynamite tonight on the play-by-play at Iowa State. <laughs> Paul Ralston, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, great to hear you all back in uh, North Dakota, somewhere I won't be for quite some time. Just uh, <laughs> just check on my house, would you? Yeah, time I'll check time. the mail in Grand Forks uh, coming up and see if you're you're good to go on that. Uh, but the the lady uh, the lady well the, the ladies are playing okay too. But but Paul's uh, Paul Sather's team uh, doing fairly well. Paul Ralston and coming off that win against Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, it's really been a nice sequence. I thought that uh, really did a nice job a couple weeks ago out in. Elon, North Carolina. They came home, played a very good Montana State team, and that kind of taught them a, a hard lesson. They didn't play bad in that game, but Montana State, from a, a Big Sky regular season and postseason uh, tournament winner last year in the Big Sky, uh, kind of showed North Dakota that just how physical, how tough you have to be in order to beat a team like that. They lost that game, and since North Dakota has taken that lesson and applied it, uh, obviously they beat a team from Wisconsin South that they're supposed to. But they took a step and, and beat Utah Tech, which was a very nice team that had some nice wins in its pocket. And then Cal State Fullerton, that was also an NCAA qualifier on Sunday, did a nice job down the stretch really closing out that game, getting stops defensively. And, you know, think about this. North Dakota, in those two games against Division One opponents, held them under 60 points at both Friday and Sunday. So that is a step forward in the right direction as far as the toughness is concerned. And if there's any question about where they're at in their growth, it will be found out tonight because yeah. if there's one team that will question your toughness, it will be Iowa State on every facet of the game tonight. Tonight's one of those challenges. In a moment, Derek had asked a question earlier that that, that you might be able to to answer. And it was you know Derek does the the PA voice for for Bison Wrestling. They've got Minnesota, and Derek brought up a a point about how is it that when you 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 witness a sport that you love, that's exciting, that's thrilling, that, that but how do you translate sports? that don't necessarily get a lot of the play 
to tell people what you're missing, you got to get out here and see it. It's a tough thing to do. And and Paul, I mentioned you're my go-to soccer guy too. And I thought soccer right. soccer kind of fits in that. You and like Bill Chaves, I always catch you guys talking soccer. And you know, for for us that don't normally see it, like you know, how do you how do you translate people and make them World Cup fans and and dive into this sport, Paul? By the way. Yeah, I think, you know, really, you could have just said, if you have never watched the sport, just watch the last 25 minutes knowing that the United States needs to win <laughs> yesterday, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and even our guys on the bus, because we were on the bus from Sioux Falls, we went as far as Sioux Falls on Monday, uh, and then yesterday we made the rest of the way after a practice at the Pentagon, uh, and, and right as we left practice, uh, we were just starting the second half, and we got it up on the TVs inside the bus on the way to Ames, and there's a lot of non-soccer fans but we're, everybody was biting their nails, basically, because realizing that every little play inside the 18-yard box, you know, even if it was just an accident, a deflection, could cost you a chance to be in that knockout, knockout round for, for the United States. And so I think, you know, you become that momentary fan. You don't necessarily know what, you know, what constitutes offsides, what constitutes a yellow card or a red card, but you kind of pick it up along the way, so to speak. So All you right. have to find those exciting little moments and kind of get people in there. And, and I'll say this, you know, one thing I will say about our soccer fans in the United States, and, and I'm proud to be a citizen of the USA, and I, I'm red, white, and blue the whole way, and I'm reminded of that, because as many as much as we love our teams in our region of the world, you know, UND, NDSU, Williston, Wilson Teton, there you, go. Out loud, <laughs> you know, Science Wildcats, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 so whoever it is, when they lose a game that they may not, or may not, or not supposed to lose, we're not going to see cars on fire like they do in Belgium, thankfully. So we, we were ahead of the world in that regard. Uh, so right. I will say that. So far. I mean. Well, except for Philadelphia, probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I remember Detroit in 1984. <laughs> yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Okay, two okay. city. <laughs> I like that. Does it work this way, Paul? And Derek and Brad view the same way. I was never a NASCAR guy growing up until, until eventually someone told me, well, find a driver. And see if that helps. So I picked a driver randomly. I'm like, okay, Denny Hamlin is my guy. So I started watching Denny Hamlin. And then I started understanding more about drafting and pit stops and, and all this kind of stuff going on. And i become kind of a closet. I could stomach a, a NASCAR event. Now, I'm, now I kind of like NASCAR. Does it work that way in soccer? Like pick uh, pick uh, Captain America, as he's known as now, make that your guy, or Mia Hamm when she played Paul. Does it, is it that simple? Yeah, I think so, and I think maybe go beyond that. Find a league, maybe an international league, like the Premier League or something, pick a team, and then understand what goes on, basically. Understand the concept of promotion and relegation, which is such a a capitalistic way of doing things. I wish American sports would come around to that, but there's just too much money because they would never want to send a team down to a lower level. Could you imagine... Uh, you know, the Detroit Tigers being sent down to AAA, mm. basically. Would that be, be fascinating? I think the more you get your head around that and you get a team, like let's say that they're maybe going down, they're not packing it in to get a draft pick. They're, they're going to play whoever they play late in the season as hard as they can just to stay up. So you think you're going to have an easy schedule against, against a team late in the year because, by gosh, they, they're, you know, 17th in the table. Uh, you're going to get their very best because they don't want to be 17th in the table. They want to stay up. And so I think there's that desperation throughout a season that really adds a little something to it as well. And so, yeah, pick a team and just kind of learn, basically, and just kind of uh, go from there. And you'll, you'll start to pick it up. That's kind of what I did. And Look at that. Uh, now I'm just now, now I'm kind of down a dark and 
desperate road uh, now that I've got <laughs> Derek, myself into the Derek and Brad, see how Paul's breaking that down? Brad, is it bringing in a little bit, Derek? I mean, do, you, do we understand it now a little more? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Derek's like, no, nope, okay. I, I tried, I tried to. to watch it yesterday. I just think it's it's just not for me. I have atte- I mean, well, I have called soccer. Let me say I have attempted to call soccer. Yeah. I'm far from an expert at it, but I know the bare bones enough to I know enough to get by. Basically. You know positions and parts of the field and, and the midfield. A little. And now that I would, that I could, yeah, I'd like to sit down with somebody who's kick. an expert and write some of that stuff. Yeah, okay. that, that that I that I'm not as uh, apt and uh, up on. You know, it's a, turns out, Paul, there's money in it. Uh, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo looks like he's got an offer to move to Saudi Arabia. Uh, here it is: three and a half year contract. 119 million American dollar or 100 million pounds a year, which is 119 a year. 119 million dollars a year, Paul. A little bit of money involved in soccer, is there? It's incredible. And what I'll say is he'll probably actually see that. What has happened recently uh, over the last half decade or so is a lot of Premier League players or top players in Europe as they get to the end of their careers have gone to China a lot because there's been a lot of money over there. But what they found over a six- to eight-month period is they weren't getting paid. And so they would find themselves back in Europe or they go MLS or something like that. The one thing where they do know where they're getting the money and they will get paid probably, and, and Cristiano is no dummy. I mean, he's one of the best that's ever played the game. Uh, Ronaldo uh, knows that the Saudis will pay. So they, you know, so he knows that he'll get his check. Because I know that there have been numerous guys that have gone to the Chinese Super League late in their careers and, and maybe have regretted it a little bit because it just it didn't pan out the way they were expecting or what they were sold. And so there is those tales out there that uh, there are some places you go, you, you, you don't necessarily know what you're getting. Kind of like some of the stories, if you're a hockey fan, uh, there's some really interesting stories for North Americans that have played in the KHL over in Russia over the years. So uh, wow. it, it's always interesting when you go internationally with these professional sports uh, and what you may find at the other end. It, it's not always a rainbow or not following the yellow brick road. It's my maybe just getting out of there basically and, <laughs> and uh, getting back home. Man alive. Uh, Saudi Arabia is like, they're trying to be Randolph and Mortimer Duke and corner the orange juice markets. They're paying, <laughs> you know, the golfers. <laughs> Marte. Yeah. They're trying, they're like trying to bring all the golfers in this live, you know, they're paying that up. And now they're dropping one nineteen a year and, and Cristiano Ronaldo, for goodness sake. I think Saudi Arabia's got some money, too, Paul. Well, yeah. <laughs> Derek, I, I, fossil I fuels so. do that for you. Oh, I mean, they do. Funny, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is is that they, they not only they own some of the biggest clubs in the world, PSG, which is in, in Paris, France, uh, which has players like Mbappe in, in the World Cup and Lionel you know, Messi playing for Argentina in, in the World Cup. They go, they're PSG, but they're owned by these uh, you know, Gulf Coast uh, companies, basically, and uh, Newcastle was just purchased by a Saudi uh, group. And then also that's up in the northern part of England. And Man City has been riding the gravy train for years since they've been purchased. They've been one of the top teams in England in the Premier League because of that. Uh, I think they were purchased by maybe a United Arab Emirates uh, group as well. So, uh, yeah, it's everywhere. It's permeating, especially in soccer, most certainly, which is kind of the world's game, right? And, and we're seeing it in the World Cup. And we're not seeing necessarily always the best of stories coming out of Qatar either, but the one big story for me is the USA is through to the knockout round, and with this group, I'll take it. Saturday morning, it's none of it. Do you see why Paul's my go-to guy on soccer? I mean, I think that just laid itself out right there. Uh, Paul, what's it going to take, or what do you want, What does Paul Sather want to see tonight from his boys against Iowa State? Well, the word is toughness, and, and the reason is is that, you know, Iowa State asks 
a lot of questions on the the way they guard you, that get into you. They'll even clutch and grab you if they can get away with it, and they probably do a lot more of it uh, because they they're like you can't call everything right, and uh, and that's kind of a philosophy that some coaches take, and, and Coach Otzelberger I think has taken it with his group. You know, I don't know necessarily that they have a guy that is going to be their main scorer every night. That's maybe the concern as well for North Dakota is that one night it might be the grill kid who was at UNLV with, with Coach Otzelberger. He had 31 against uh, North Carolina, but a lot of times it'll be the Holmes guy. He can kind of go off as well. But it just kind of moves you know, from one player to the next, and I think that's a big concern moving forward for North Dakota. For North Dakota, just keep this game you know, as, as tight as you can for as long as you can, right? Don't, uh, don't, try, don't see runs go uh, you know, too far and, and just kind of keep it as long as you can uh, you know, within reach, and, and that's what North Dakota will do. I think that the fact of the matter is they're playing confident. They're a confident bunch right now. That's, that's obviously important, but this is going to be a big test for them. And then Portland won't be a, any any a pushover either when we go out west here later in the week. So this is an interesting run to really see where this North Dakota team is at after having some success at home. Everything is gearing up towards Summit League conference play. Uh, NDSU is at Eastern Washington Saturday. As Paul mentioned, UND is at Portland on Saturday. That's an evening game out in Portland, 7 o'clock Central time. So uh, before I let you go, so you drove to I- uh, Ames, and I might yeah. get your jump. I might assume sometimes you're getting on a plane to fly to. Uh, uh, Voodoo Donutville and Powell Bookstore in Portland. Uh, is that is that the next uh, thing? But, so so interesting that you mentioned uh, Powell because I ran into him in Sioux Falls at our practice. He, he made a stop by, so he wishes you very well, uh, Ryan, Powell. Ryan Powell. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but but uh, yes. Yeah, so what's going to happen? We're going to fly out tomorrow from the city of my birth, Des Moines, Iowa. That's huh? where I was born, uh, and uh, so we'll fly out. But knowing how things work. You never go in a straight line when you get in the air because we're flying to Atlanta first. Of course, you that are. makes sense. And then, <laughs> and, and then, and then we're going to take the four and a half hour flight across the country from Atlanta uh, after flying into there and uh, out to Portland and get in tomorrow night and then uh, get into our routine on Friday and, and into the game on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a wild run, but it, this team's got to mature a little bit and see how they manage a little bit of success. We'll see that tonight. We'll see that Saturday, and uh, I like where they're trending. It's certainly an exciting group to, to start to see kind of grow and kind of learn their roles and things of that nature, but a long ways to go. But excited to see how they handle it tonight because uh, Hilton Coliseum, it's a, it's a zoo and, a, and uh, a beehive and all that stuff, basically. <laughs> the fans get after you and so do the team. So I think a really good test in front for the Fighting Hawks. Great stuff uh, with you, Paul. And thanks for the education, first of all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now we're all better fit with the Netherlands and USA. This is a knockout uh, game. I mean, you lose, you're done, right? That, that's it. You win, you're in the quarterfinals, you lose, you're done, right? That, that's it. You, you, you lose, you're done. But with this group, I think they're, they're struggling up front to find a, a good finisher. And the fact that they made it this far, kind of maybe a little bit of hook by hook and by crook a little bit, is a good step for this national team that missed the World Cup the last time around. Derek, is it hard to hate the Netherlands? I mean, we shouldn't hate anybody, yeah. but that doesn't like connotate. What's there to hate about the Netherlands? I've never heard you know, like, shoes. No, just... <laughs> it's like, Brad, have you ever said, all oh, those Netherlands? Yeah, it's a, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, never come out. I there. just can't. Yeah, like I just the rivalry, can't, I, I can't even fake hate. Right. I tell you, Holland, Switzerland, Holland, uh, yeah, terrible. I never liked yeah. the Benelux agreement. I never will. Yeah, um, yeah, that's okay. Switzerland's so. just too neutral for me. <laughs> Tough to hate the Netherlands. <laughs> uh, Paul, have a great call. You've, you've got you on the fan tonight here on uh, seven forty. That's uh, what a seven o'clock tip. So about a six thirty pre. Is that right? That's absolutely right, Jack. And uh, 
safe travels to you up and down I-29 to uh, follow the women here later in the week. Yeah, and then to Ypsilanti, Michigan, coming to you on Sunday. So by the time you're leaving Atlanta, uh, well, no, heck, you'll be you'll be you'll be leaving Portland now. We'll figure it out. All right, thanks, Paul. As always, yeah. appreciate it. Have a good <laughs> yeah. one, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, guys. You got it, Paul Ralston, joining us today on the uh, the Jack Michael Show. Yeah, you think the glamorous life of and Brad, you you do this. <laughs> You know, and I get so many, what a glamorous life. You get all these cities you get to fly to. Yeah, well, you, number one, you hope your luggage is still there when it's there. You're getting up at odd times of the day. You're getting togged over then. And as he just said, you're going from Des Moines to Atlanta to fly to Portland. Portland. So, yeah. yeah it's, Not a straight line. Yeah. And as if you, and I'm not going to quote Odell Beckham Jr., but sometimes flying is just, it, it's, I love doing it, but it's, it's just another form it can of transportation. It's sometimes. a quicker form of transportation. It can be a hassle is an understatement. De- so yeah, okay, talk to is, Derek about it. It is a hassle. <laughs> Derek and, the difference between Derek and Paul is Derek would drive from Des Moines to Portland mm-hmm. and, and and take in the scenic I, view. Uh, I, my, well, this, if I have the, my time. Previous, if you have the time. My previous air experience before this, actually, we didn't have any problems going to Montana. Yeah, you were good, it was right? really smooth, yeah. But uh, uh, let's see, 2018, I went to North Carolina. We got down there fine. Um, we were going to have Greensboro to O'Hare, O'Hare to Fargo. Supposed to be home by noon. We right. got we got home at midnight. <laughs> there you have oh. it. Yeah, <laughs> there you have it. Twelve hours in O'Hare. You always yeah, love. I've it. never it, had it, anything like that. Oh, oh it my. was awful. The, the the worst part, some not worst part, because you're flying not busing, but the worst is when you fly into a major hub, whether it be Atlanta or O'Hare or whatever. Mm-hmm. But by the time that last leg goes, even Minneapolis, you're always in that the regional wing. So you're always walking down a step through down a hallway, and then yep. you get to the one that's going to Fargo or Grand Forks Correct, or whatever, yes. right? It's not like the main, no. main thing. Oh, hey, you're not the main thing going to Bozeman. Man, alive. It didn't, it, I could have a pelvic contusion by the time that. Or a hairline fracture. Or a hairline fracture. Uh, we'll come back. Our bison bites coming up around the corner. That's next. We'll hear from uh, Nash Jensen and Courtney Eubanks. They got a large one. Second round of the playoffs this Saturday against Montana. That's next on 740 The Fan. There was some hockey uh, last night, too. North uh, continues to roll. He, uh, as you said, beat Davies 4-1. to one, and South Shanley 5-4 winners over Red River. Spuds and Bemidji had an overtime uh, thriller last night. In boys hockey, Moorhead wins that. Central over West Fargo. Legacy over Jamestown, to name a few of, of last night. And on the fan, if you tuned in, uh, you caught Brad. Northern Cast girls uh, defeating Weinmere Ridge with Hankinson by 20. And uh, the Crockett's combined for, I don't know. 49. There you go. And... and- <laughs> And kid's sister scored more than older yeah, sister. That's, that's 28 the, for Hayden. As the youngest in my family, I don't know. I don't yeah, know how that would work on that. I'm not sure how that's going to fly. Uh, every now and then we do a little thing called Bison Bites on the uh, Jack Michael Show. Brad Anderson had a chance to sit down and, and uh, talk a little shop with a couple of the boys uh, uh, getting ready for this weekend's game against Montana. Round two of the FCS playoffs. That'll kick off at 2.30. One of them left guard on that, that uh, tremendous offensive line. Nash Jensen was asked if he's excited to be playing this weekend. Oh, it's always huge once these times come. You know, it's always just a one-and-done mentality, so we got to come out every single day and be better than we were uh, the past week with UND and coming out the bye week. You know, we got our bodies a little bit more fresh, so we just got to come out with a mentality to win. How do you feel coming in? Um, I think one credit to your 
offensive line with Jalen getting hurt and Mason getting hurt, and I mean guys just just step in and that next man up mentality. But I think it just shows, you know, that, that there's there's depth and there's guys that are ready to step up right away. Yeah, like you said, it's always next man up mentality. Um, that's a huge credit to our coaches, um, Coach Larson. He always makes sure that everybody's prepared, um, no matter what situation we're in. You know, he's not just focusing on the starters, but those guys that always had the chance to get into those games. How's the offense looking to uh, be prepared for the challenge that the Grizzlies bring? Yeah, I mean, they do a lot of movement stuff up front. Uh, they got a couple really, really good players um, on that defense. You know, we always pride ourselves on running, on, running the ball. Um, we definitely have to be able to do that, and we got to be able to see pictures that uh, maybe we have seen before or maybe most likely haven't seen during the season. Um, so it's just really seeing the pictures, being able to run the ball, pick up wherever pressures they want to bring at us. You know, defensively, like a 3-3-5, three, three, they'll throw out there a lot of times. That's got to be something you probably don't don't see a lot, and is there's a lot of adjustments you have to make? Uh, um, no, it's not a ton of adjustments. Um, I mean, we've been going against um, those three-man fronts for the past few weeks now, um, so it's really just going back to those games and um, relying on our technique and fundamentals when it comes to it. So what's, what are you excited most about this uh, playoff matchup, though, for you, for you personally? Yeah, um, I've always wanted to play in Montana. Um, uh, we, I always see uh, videos of when uh, we went there and lost that game in Missoula. Um, so, but I've always wanted to play them. I think they're a very good team. I think it's going to be a really fun game overall. It's interesting with the with the reputation of both the programs. You guys have it like your your group, uh, the juniors and seniors haven't played haven't played Montana. Yeah, um, you know we've always been um, getting those guys in Bozeman in the playoffs. Um, but you know, it's you know I want to say it's just another team on the schedule obviously you know they're a very good team um, but we're just going to take it day by day and be ready for wherever they're coming with for you you played what 66 67 games yeah. now i mean that's uh that's a lot of time do you think about that do they all add up over time or, you know, um, or is it just a number yeah i mean obviously i want to say it's just a number you know i'm six year senior i'm feeling as old as i ever have but <laughs> it's really fun being out there how can you as a six year senior you know what it's like you know what it takes to get amped for the playoffs mm-hmm. how do you do that for how can you help younger players yeah i mean obviously these are all bigger games you know i've been in a lot of them but like just don't change your preparation at all when it comes to these games you know always be have the same mentality you have coming into the regular season coming into the playoffs with just maybe with a little more um fire in your body but just don't change your preparation knowing this is your last year how much more, if at all, does this mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. You know, um, I thought about it a little bit. You know, I prom- when I committed here, I promised uh, Fargo and North Coast State that I would help bring five national championships um, to this town and to the school. Um, I've got four, so it's just a mentality of getting through, the, getting through these games and getting back to first row. That is Nash Jensen right there talking about this weekend. Of course, he's uh, he's going to be charged or tasked with the uh, opening up those holes for that myriad of all those different sets that, that, that North Dakota State will run. On top of that, you know Montana, you know Bobby Hawks Club, uh, they'll sing it a bit. Lucas Jackson with the with the, Johnson with the, a lot of great numbers. About twenty one, twenty two hundred yards throwing. I think he has twenty one touchdowns. He's run for two. They get good receivers. So on the corners. Uh, for North Dakota State and that secondary certainly are going to be tested uh, Saturday against Montana. Brad had a chance uh, to catch up with Bison cornerback uh, Courtney Eubanks. 
Well, first off, Thanksgiving, I'm sure kind of a welcome break for you, and uh, did you get a chance to kind of unplug, get away from football here for a little while? Yeah, that, Thanksgiving was a um, great break. You know, I got to eat a lot, got away from football, and, you know, for my mind, that was just great, and my body feels more feels better now going into the playoffs. Tough try to have to adjust your diet a little bit. You know, you want to want to enjoy Thanksgiving, but you got to still be uh, keep yourself keep yourself in some kind of playing shape. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, but I ate all I could. <laughs> no, and I'm not too big, but I mean, it was great. And you know, I'm still on track. I'm still on weight, and my body feels great. Do you guys feel like that off week is it just kind of a chance maybe to kind of rest a little bit? It seems like I mean, there there are a number of you know number of injuries you guys have had to deal with overall as a team, but uh, you know, you, is, how much does that week help going into what you you know potentially you know three weeks or more? I mean, getting that getting that break is great because you know players get rest from. I know we had our bye week. It was late in the season, so, you know, before that, you know, we was kind of getting banged up, and then we come back after that bye week, and more games getting banged up more, so this break was amazing to get some rest and get your mind off of football a little. What was the feeling of the team with three guys uh, electing to go elsewhere and uh, and, and leave the program? Did it, did it feel that it kind of got the guys a little bit closer together? What was kind of the overall uh, overall feeling, especially a guy that you uh, worked with directly with Marquise? Um, Marquise was my boy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the mindset of the team right now is, you know, we can't let something hold us back. We just got to keep moving forward. And we always – Preach next man up, so it's the next man up. You've been one of the guys throughout the secondary all year, and I've always talked to some of the guys in the defense. They never felt like they've played their, their best game yet. Do you, do you feel that uh, still uh, still is true? Yes, I still feel that is true, and our best game is yet to come, but it's coming. Well, maybe this week with Montana, I know they've got a couple good receivers. They've, you know, guys that are really dual threats as return guys and receiving guys. I mean, what is the biggest, where's the biggest challenge for the secondary come from? I mean, it's a lot of challenges between teams. I don't think these are the best receivers we have faced, but they do put the ball in the air a lot. So this will be an exciting game. You kind of do you feel too where, uh, you know, they can maybe get. You know, front three, front four guys can get some heat on you and make that make things a little easier for you in the secondary. Yeah, I like my guys up front. They always bring heat to the quarterback. So I mean, I don't I don't have no worries about them not getting there because I know they will. You come in where I mean, yeah, you're the national champions and still the favorite. But everybody's talking about South Dakota State. Do you still kind of feel like you know we're still here, still kind of lying in the weeds a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that we will win the championship, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But you know. Like I said, we haven't played our best game yet. It has yet to come, so when it does come, it will just keep flowing after that. That receiving core that Montana throws out there, who do they uh, compare to from what you've seen in the Valley or from an opponent you've seen this year? No comparisons. You know, we just got to go and ball out. It's just the next next opponent, next face in front of us. So we'll just go in there and execute our game. What's uh, what do you like the best about the preparation? You know, all the the, the days coming into uh, to the playoff uh, to a playoff run like this. What uh, what do you appreciate the most about it? I appreciate that we get this bye week. We get a bye week first round, and you know we get a chance to study like both teams without going into that week where we only have five, well, four days to get ready. We had at least seven, so. That that was a great again. That was a great again. More days to get prepared for this. 
you know, season-wise, is kind of rate your season uh, individually? I mean, there's some things that I can get better at. Um, I know Montana throws the ball up a lot, 50-50 situations. So that's something that I've been working on at practice this week. And, I mean, besides that, I feel like my season, this has been a good season, and I'm only getting better from here. Well, I'd imagine, too, yeah, it's not like so much in they, – they did a lot of that against SEMO, too, where it was a lot of 50-50 balls. It's not so much trying to control routes. It's just trying to get in right positioning and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's more part of it, getting in the right position, the – execute and knock the ball out or even get a pick. Courtney Eubanks uh, getting ready for uh, the Bison and Montana. Appreciate it. Uh, Good stuff. Good luck Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Our Bison Bites are hearing from Nash Jensen and and Courtney Eubanks. I I think I hear uh, certainly some confidence in Courtney and and, uh, he he knows they're up for a challenge against Montana. I said this yesterday. Bobby Houck is is, uh, is just Montana up and he's known for toughness and defense and if you watch Bobby's, you know, so they're going to come in uh, and, and maybe in a, in a sense where you're certainly not picked to win this game, and that would be one thing to guard against. You know, any kind of uh, start by Montana, any kind of traction by the Grizz and, and go. But India, the, the, the common, the thing that, that just slaps it all down is the ability to win the trenches. And until you do that against yep. NDSU, it's just, it's, it doesn't play well, Dorman. Well, just the Fargo Omen uh, December. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough place to, uh, tough place for visitors to, uh, yeah. Get much done. Uh, happy anniversary to the late uh, 1940 Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz married on this date, 1940. Huh. In 1971, Derek and Brad, very sad, ABC TV aired Brian's song on this date. Oh, that date. Uh, Brian oh, Piccolo. 51 years ago. Wow. 51 years ago with uh, friendship with Gail Sayers. Really great to do it on that. Thank you to Paul Ralston today uh, and to Brad uh, sitting down with uh, Nash Jensen and Courtney Eubanks. Uh, basketball tonight. Fighting Hawks taking on Iowa State right here on The Fan.